morning, everyone. I am surprised that I'm back here in the studio recording uh, another sermon. And sometimes we just have to do what we have to do. And hopefully next week we'll be able to have Pastor Dan back with some some worship. Um, by the way, please continue to, to pray for your Thrive Church family. A uh, number of people uh, we're aware of that have tested positive for COVID. Fortunately, we had some people who tested negative. So that's good news as well. But obviously it's not over. Um, but God is still on the throne and he still listens to his people. So please continue to pray for um, for your friends and your family, your extended church family as well. Um, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that we can do this online. This is an amazing thing. And uh, God's here. God's where you are. And so if this is your first time here, or if, even if you've been here before, welcome to Thrive Church. My name is David. And as always, my prayer is that you find something meaningful today, that you find that God is speaking to you. And I think that God is always speaking to us and trying to help us find some meaning in what's going on in the world around us. Um, in light of the economic conditions that are imminent because of the pandemic, um, we're looking at our personal finances. That's what this series is about. We're calling it Three Levers uh, because we want to look at the things that we can control uh, about our, our, our uh, personal finances. And very specifically, those three levers are income. That's the money that's coming into your household. We talked about that last week. Your expenses, that's the money that's going out of your household. And uh, that's what we're talking about this week. And the third lever is your cash flow. That's the difference between your income and your expenses. And that could be positive or negative depending on your circumstances. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, hopefully um, that will entice you to come back. Hopefully that you will. And please remember, we will be online again next week. We're trying to take this thing uh, seriously and cautiously so that everybody can be safe. Um, really, we have these three levers, and yes, we can control them, but the other factor, the other perspective, the other um, element that we're trying to draw into this is the fact that God cares about his people. And truthfully, um, we want to ask God to help us build some resilience into our personal finance financial circumstances. And so what I want to do today is I want to make a couple of general comments about expenses, and then I want to deal with one type of, a, of, of an expense in particular, if that makes some sense. So when it comes to um, expenses, I want to offer specifically two thoughts. And here's the first one. You really must know where your money is going. Money is kind of like a puppy. You have to keep it on a leash. I don't know if you've ever had a puppy, but uh, the few that we've had in our household, if they, if they didn't have a leash on them and you took them outside, boom, they're gone. And you wonder where they go. And they will find the weirdest places to go. And then they come back and they smell the high heaven and they've been in stuff that you don't even want to know what kind of stuff they've been in. Money's like that. At the end of the month, it's very common for us to look in our wallets and go, wow, where did it all go? And, and we wonder this, at least I do. I presume that you probably do sometimes as well. And we want to try to avoid that. And so the, the thought here is, is that you, 
you would do yourself a big favor if you would just track your expenses. Just try doing it for a month. That way you have an idea of where that money is actually going. Write it down if you can. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to start. In fact, most of the personal finance uh, literature that's out there, whether you're looking digital or in print, doesn't matter. Almost all of them advise uh, the reader to try to track their expenses for a period of, of time. It's like an idea of where that money's going. At the, at the very minimum, balance your checkbook. Because that may not um, give you a sense of how much cash is going out, but it will tell you um, where that money is going. Like, are you hitting the ATM a lot during the month? Or are you going to Starbucks a lot? It depends on you and your circumstances, of course. But if you're not looking, there's no way that you're going to know. So that's the first one. You, you really need to know where your money is going. Money comes in. Where is it going out? What are you spending it on? And secondly, kind of related to that, is you, you really need to give every dollar a job. Because if they don't have a job, they get spent on those things that you can't remember, right? So make them, um, make each dollar work for you intentionally. Try to assign it some type of, of job. And the best way that I can think of to do this is to actually plan your spending. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before, but I'm not talking about a budget. I hate that word. It seems very constricting and that's not, not, not the type of attitude we want to have. But rather, you should map out how you are intentionally spending your money either month to month or week to week, however it is that you're paid. And, and try to assign jobs for those dollars. This dollar is going to help pay for the mortgage, or this one is paying for utilities, whatever it is for you. But try to assign some type of, of job um, uh, to those dollars. Now look, there's dozens of ways of doing this. Uh, I've, I've come across, I don't, I don't know how many in my lifetime, but let me give you a couple of possibilities. There's one simple way of just dividing up all of your expenses between food, shelter, and transportation. And if you think about it, those are kind of the necessities. You, you, you gotta eat, whether you eat out or you buy groceries, that, that money gets spent. Shelter is a, a broad category for, um, you know, like your housing, your utilities, whatever you have to do to maintain that house, the insurance, sheltering, your clothing. And in today's society, you need to have some type of, of uh, uh, expenditure for transportation, unless you live in a major metropolitan city that has excellent um, uh, uh, public transportation. Uh, but even that costs a little bit of money. So very simple way of doing it. That's one. Uh, another one that I really like is called the 50-30-20. You spend 50% of your income on needs. These are the things that you must pay, whether it's your rent or your mortgage, your utilities. These are the things that you have to have in order to live. And then you spend 30% on your wants. It might have to do with the quality of apartment that you have or the cable TV, or the internet service, or the cell phone service. Whatever it is that you want goes into that 30% category. 
and then 20% for savings. Now obviously you can adjust those percentages, but 50, 30, 20 is a, is a, is a great um, baseline for all of it. And, and you do want to save some of it for the future. Of course, we're gonna talk more about that when it comes to cash flow. But, but think about that a little bit. Where is your money going? What percentage of your income covers your needs? Um, are you skipping out on needs because you're, you're buying too many wants? If you track your expenditures, you will know that. But there's a way to, to plan that spending, to map it out ahead of time. If you really like doing detailed work, if you kind of have that personality, or you like doing it daily, um, there's a Japanese methodology called kakebo, which um, is fine. It's very interesting to do. There's lots of different resources for that. Um, you can go online and check that out. Um, also, uh, the envelope system. I think that's the one that Dave Ramsey uh, has advocated for a number of years. Just having a simple set of envelopes where you're putting money in every single uh, paycheck so that you have assigned those dollars to specific jobs. Very easy way. I think my wife and I, we've tried them all at <laughs> one point or another uh, over, our, over our lifetime. But look, here's, here's what I really want you to understand. It, it takes data in order to make wise decisions. You, you have to have an understanding of that. And, and I've heard people say things like, oh, we can't afford fill in the blank. And at the same time, or just a few minutes later, you might hear them say, ah, that's okay. We'll figure out how, how we're going to pay for it later. Really? Uh, you've got both of those things going on. In fact, I'm going to be be perfectly honest and just confess that both of those statements have probably come out of my mouth as well. I think we all do that. The stuff that we are really interested in, uh, we'll find a way to pay for that later. And the stuff that we're not too sure about, oh no, we can't afford that. And so we, you know, we justify it one way or the other. The truth is, without some type of system, we don't know. We just have no real idea of what we can afford and what we can't afford. And, and here's something else to, to consider. When we're tracking where the money's going, it's actually easier to see God at work. I don't know how to explain that um, precisely. All I know is that um, we've seen it in, in our married life more times than I can count. So back before Lisa and I were married, we decided, uh, we were engaged, but we decided to, to, to try to think about our money uh, a little more proactively to try to plan our spending. And so we, um, at the time we called it a budget, uh, we each created a budget and so that we knew where our money was going and it was an easier process to merge our accounts together once we were married. Now, I can honestly say that because of that, in our 26 years of marriage, we've never had a fight about money. We, we just don't fight about it. Now, there have been times where I've wanted to spend some things and Lisa has wanted to, to, to spend some money um, that we just couldn't do. But because we had a system, a, a methodology of tracking it, we knew that. And we could have an honest conversation, but I can, I can truthfully say we've never fought about money. We just developed our plan and we, we do our best 
um, to stick to it. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that we haven't made mistakes or have gone off the rails. I mean, we've, we've done all of that too. But the point is, when you have that system of tracking and where you're assigning dollars to jobs, it's an awful, awful lot easier, or it's easier simply to, to get back on track and to have the conversation. And you can see it in black and white. The numbers are, are very helpful. Um, let me offer this thought too. Uh, I, I don't have slides or anything for you. We're kind of trying to scramble to put this thing together uh, you know, at the last minute. But um, in his letter to the church at Corinth, the, the Apostle Paul wrote something uh, that I think is really interesting. This is in 1 Corinthians, and he writes, This is how one should regard us. He's talking about himself. As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Okay, so he's having this conversation with the Corinthians. This is how one, you, should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. He says, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Let me, let me read it again. It is required of stewards that they be found faithful. First Corinthians. Now, he's talking about spiritual matters for the most part. You should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. But I think just personally, the idea applies to all the resources we're giving, not just spiritual mysteries, not just the prophetic, not just the spiritual giftedness, but all of our resources, your time, your experiences, um, your talents, your money, your giftedness, all of those things are to be stewarded. And it seems to me that God wants some type of return on what he's given us. Some type of return. Perhaps you remember Jesus giving the parable of the talents to one steward, servant. He gave ten, one he gave five, and the other, I think it's uh, um, one. And uh, this was a unit of money, and the master gave these, uh, these servants a certain amount of money. And when he came back, he expected a return. And, and we see, actually see this in the text in a variety of different places. It, it appears that God wants a return on the things that he has given to his stewards. So here Paul is saying, is, hey, as a steward of the mysteries of Christ, I'm supposed to be faithful. Well, the same thing is true of any resource that God gives us. And if you remember from last week, God has given us the ability to produce wealth. And he expects some type of return on those uh, uh, resources that he's given us. And we're supposed to be faithful. And the best option, at least in my mind, is to plan your spending um, as a way of stewarding the resource and, and, show, and, and, and see where God shows up in all of that. You know, otherwise, how do you know, right? I think we miss out on, on things that God is trying to do or things that God is, is saying to us and trying to work through our lives because we haven't planned things out and we have no way of tracking it. What, me what gets measured gets done? Yeah. So how about measuring where your, your money is going? Being a wise steward. Now, one specific type of expense 
that I, I think we need to talk about, especially in today's society, is debt. It's loans, it's credit, it's all of those things. And there's a lot of caution that surrounds uh, our ideas of debt, and for good reason, because it can actually rob you of your future. I, I remember uh, the, my second tour of graduate school, um, we had to take a significant amount of student loans. And I remember telling Lisa, I'm like, I just mortgaged our future, really feel like we did. Now, in the meantime, we've taken some steps to try to reduce that. And, and we've been successful, <laughs> basically because God has been so good to us. Uh, but we've seen that. We've seen that kind of blessing. Um, but debt is one of those dangerous things that can actually rob you of your future. <clears throat> and most of the caution for Christians comes from one particular verse in, in, the, uh, in the Bible. And it comes from Proverbs, Proverbs 22. It says this, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Have you heard that verse before? I imagine you probably have if, you grew, if you've grown up in the church at all. It, it, it's common, and, and usually preachers bring it out when they're talking about debt. But the borrower, borrower is slave to the, the lender. Um, I saw this once very vividly in one of the churches I served. Um, there was a couple, they had just uh, had a baby, and they were in the process of buying a new house. And one of the, the, um, the things that I heard, uh, specifically the, the, the mom say, the new mom, is that she just wanted to be home with her baby, but because they bought the new house, she had to work. Now, every family has to make that decision. They have to decide how they're going to spend their time and what they're going to spend their money on. But her heart was to be with her child, but she knew in order to have the nice home, she had to work. And so she was serving the lender. Now again, I'm not going to condemn that because that's the decision that they had to make. And every person has to, and it's you know, what's right for me and what's right for you when it comes to the use of debt is, is a very personal thing. It's between you and God, not between, you know, me and you or someone else. But the point is, is that it illustrated rather dramatically for me this idea of someone who borrows serving the one who lends. And maybe you've experienced that too. Maybe you're, you're even experiencing it now. She had to work. You know, it's a really interesting note. Um, as I was doing some research for, for this, this sermon, um, the majority of the teaching in the Bible on debt is actually directed at the lender. You know, we, we think because of the passage that we just read, you know, the borrowers, the, the slave of the lender, or the servant to the lender, and, and we think it's all about um, uh, the teaching is all related to uh, the, the ills of borrowing money and, oh, be careful kind of thing. But that's not the case at all. In fact, like I said, the vast majority of teaching as it relates to debt is directed towards the lender, very specifically that the lender does not take advantage of the borrower. This idea of rich and poor, the ones who have the money are the ones who um, are, are, uh, can lend it. They're, they become the actual lenders. And the Bible is very clear <clears throat> that 
the lender has a certain amount of re responsibility. I was surprised by that. The sheer volume of, of verses related to borrowing and lending being directed at the lender. You know, time and again, the lender is supposed to guard the dignity and the well-being of the borrower. It's very clear about that, <clears throat> even to minute detail. In fact, there's there's one part of the of the uh, the Old Testament Torah where it says, "Look, if if your if your Hebrew brother gives you his cloak in pledge for some type of a loan, and he's borrowing something." You're supposed to hang on to that, but you had better bring it back to him by nightfall so that the, your brother has some type of, of cloak to keep him warm in the cool of the night. I mean, it's, it's that basic to guard the dignity, to guard the well-being of the actual borrower. Now, some people believe that all debt is bad, just period, across the board. Um, when I was uh, uh, in high school and early college, I worked for a grocery store. Uh, I, I love that job. <clears throat> and there was a, uh, an older woman a cashier. Her name was Bobby. I don't remember, or I don't know why I remember that, but, but that was her name. She was, she was short and she was uh, older. And I think she was working because she had to, not necessarily because she wanted to. But in our break room, we had a, a, a soda machine and you could get basically anything you wanted to as a grocery store for about 35 cents. And while we were sitting there, I, I can't even remember the circumstances, <clears throat> but I lent her 35 cents. I didn't really lend it to her, I gave it to her. I'm like, oh yeah, and I, in fact, I think I even went and I popped the coins into the machine and hit the button and, and gave it to her. And she goes, oh, I'll pay you back. And I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. Sure enough, the next shift, which was a day later, she marched right up to me and gave me 35 cents. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was very clear she did not like to owe people anything. Borrowing for her was just something she did not do. And I suspect that it came from her, her Christian upbringing, just having known her for a number of years. So some people want to pay those loans off as soon as they possibly can. And I understand that. Uh, that that's not necessarily a bad thing to do. <clears throat> it will give you peace of mind. Um, there are others who use loans to buy assets to increase their income. They'll actually use a loan. They'll use debt in order to help their cash flow. Uh, there's a... There's all kinds of literature related to that if you're interested in that, that sort of thing. But the problem is when it comes to things like debt, you can't really get away from it ever. And, and here's what I mean by that. Your use of it, you certainly can't control. But the point is that all of us are in an economic environment that's built entirely on credit, on debt. Even if you look at the dollar bill in your pocket, it will say it's a Federal Reserve note. A note means debt. That dollar bill was borrowed into an existence. Now there's all kinds of economic problems with that and, and I've got some, um, some pretty strong opinions on how all that fits together, but it's the soup we're in. This is, this is our global environment. There is no currency in the world from any country that isn't based on debt at this point. So we can't ever really get away from it. 
We can limit our use to it, but debt is just part of the economic environment. It's just the way everything is built. And so I think that either school of thought, whether or not you want to pay the loan off as soon as you can, or if you want to use debt in order to build cash flow, either one is fine. However, you need to understand yourself, your level of comfort. Uh, you need to understand the risks that are involved in all of this. And ultimately that you would follow God with your choices. Now, um, we are in a low interest rate environment. And so, <laughs> uh, needless to say, interest, uh, interest rates go down and the prices of homes go up because you have a lot of demand because of cheap money, cheap loans. Uh, we were using a, a particular instrument um, back in the day and, and uh, um, you know, for, for uh, student loans, uh, to handle our student loans. Uh, and then we ended up switching um, to a different type of loan because the interest rate was so low, it made the most sense for us to do that. And, and yes, I would like to pay it off, uh, you know, very quickly, but I want the peace of mind that we're at a low interest rate and we can handle those payments. Do you understand? You have your issues too, whether it's your mortgage on your house or whether it's your car loan or credit card debt, which you probably need to be careful of that because the interest rates are, are typically a lot higher. The, the point being is you have to know yourself. You have to know your risk. And, and to always invite God to be part of that, part of the decisions that you're making um, about your use of debt, because again, you're, you're essentially mortgaging your future. You have to be careful. And the thought occurs to me, you know, just kind of wrap this up, is what if we thought about spending our money as an act of worship? Think about that for a moment, because yes, we're supposed to steward what God has given us. He's given us the ability to produce wealth. And if you're able to produce wealth, you, you're supposed to steward it. And there's supposed to be some type of a return on it. Uh, but what if all of that was worship? Oh God, this is what I have. This is what I can do. Would you guide me? Would you lead me? Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for these resources. Whether you've got a lot of resources or if you have a little amount of resources. What if there was gratitude and thanksgiving and worship saying, this is what I have. God, what would you like me to do with it? Stewarding our expenses. Honoring God by stewarding our expenses. What, what would that be like? What would you think about? How would you, how would you spend differently if you had that kind of mindset? Would, would it change you? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you feel like you're doing that already. But, but the point is, have you thought about this idea of stewardship as being an act of worship? Again, this is all yours. The resources that I have, you have given me, whether it's the ability to produce wealth, whether it's an inheritance, whatever it happens to be, oh God, how can I use this for the benefit that, you, that you're looking for, the return that you want. So how would that mindset change what you do? Should it change what you do? 
What could happen if you, you took your expenses, you wrote them all down, you balanced your checkbook and you saw what you had at the end and, and you said, God, you've first given me this and now what would you have me do with it? What would that be like? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, these are not the uh, circumstances that we hope for uh, when we do this online. But I trust that you are here and that you are in the living rooms and bedrooms of the people who are watching. And that your spirit is active. So Holy Spirit, please come. Please teach us um, what you have in mind for our resources. You have given us the ability to produce wealth. Now, Lord, help us to steward those things in a way that you would, you would enjoy with kingdom purpose in mind rather just than just our own maybe personal benefit. God, what would you have us do differently? And for every person who's you know, watching this, I just pray, Lord, that as they ask that question, your spirit would speak to them and they would know the places where they're spending that might not be the best use of that resource. And Lord, I also pray that um, if they are honoring you with, with how they spend their money, that your spirit would just encourage them. And Lord, I pray against any condemning thoughts that people might have. That this is not an opportunity for the enemy to make them feel bad about maybe things that they've done in the past, how they spent their money in the past that they're not proud of. That's not, there's no place for that. There's only the Spirit guiding them and directing them. And I pray, Spirit, that you would just speak to them about the goodness that you have. You're a good Father. God, we can trust you with these things. And even if we haven't lived up to it in the past, it doesn't matter because we have right now and we have the future and we do so with you leading us and guiding us, shaping us and, and molding us, the kind of people you want us to be. So, Lord, as, as your people, here's what we have. God, what would you have us do with it? And we thank you in advance for how you're going to, how you're going to teach us, how you're going to grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was good to be online with you today. Um, uh, hopefully you've had a chance to say hello to people in the comment box, whether you're on YouTube or on Facebook. Um, and we'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel, doing the same bat thing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, come next week. And uh, until then, until I get to see you online, grace and peace.